2: listening to the pastor scott show podcast have any questions or comments email pastor scott now at pastor scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m and
1: now here's pastor scott welcome back everybody hour two good to be with you today on this fine day Pastor Scott Show. I am Pastor Scott, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, there are so many different things in the news. Are there things that make you optimistic? Would you share those things with us today? I think that we need to hear. What makes you optimistic? It can be national things, but it can be just things in your own life. What makes you optimistic about the future? I think it's really important. And in fact, something about being a Christian, it matters a lot that we're optimistic. I don't know if you realize this, but a you know, christianity our faith is expressed in optimism because we have a hope that cannot be taken away that's the way that we share our faith optimism we we need to be optimistic people that doesn't mean that we put on rose colored glasses and don't think about you know the terrible things that are there or don't address those things but optimism is something that helps you move forward when we get pessimistic we stop when we get pessimistic we lose our voice when we get pessimistic we stop Sharing and then we stop caring. We need to be optimistic. So, what are you optimistic about? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. There's a funny story that happened uh, today. Did you realize that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes, the former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, he filled up a pothole outside of his house. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing's wrong with that, really, Arnold. It seems like a good thing to do, except the L.A. Times is now reporting that what you actually did was fill up a gas service line that was that was dug there. California's in trouble. I know the state is in trouble, and it is a, a tough time. But uh, Governor Schwarzenegger got tired of this because in his neighborhood, I guess, that there's a lot of bike riders, and I know he's got – he has – A video thing he puts out on his social media where he's riding a bike all around Los Angeles. It's kind of funny. You maybe wouldn't even recognize him. Maybe he rode right by you. But he said that everybody's tired of hitting this pothole, and he took it upon himself to go ahead and fill the pothole himself.
3: I have the energy. I have the intelligence. I have the know-how.
1: Good job, uh, uh, Mr. Governor. But uh, LA Times is reporting it was still a gas service line. But I don't know, how much does it cost to do this? I'm thinking uh, I haven't looked it up, but I'll bet it's a thousand bucks to fill your own pothole on your street. I bet that you and some neighbors could get together and fill some potholes. Maybe this is something that churches can do, you know, to fill some some potholes that are everywhere in Southern California because of all the crazy rain that we got. Um, I thought that's a good idea to be optimistic about. You know, uh, the governor goes out and uh, he does something. I'll get your story straight. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting it straight. Uh, you you filled a pothole, and I think that I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, um, even if you got it wrong, it's a good try. Good try to to do that. What are you optimistic about, uh, Ron in Coronado? Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
4: Well, thank you, Pastor Scott. I'm very optimistic because. Uh, The gates of hell have not prevailed
1: against our church, nor will it ever. That's right. You know, that is an amen to that. Ron, that is so important for the Christian to hold on to, right? Because I I I agree. There are so many attacks on the church and statistics about people. And, and, you know, whenever there's things on the news, you know, there's some stuff on the news about uh, the Department of Defense not allowing... Uh, Catholic chaplains in uh, military hospitals to uh, perform their duties uh, around Easter time. And you start to think, why are you doing this? And, and different things happening about the faith. But you know what? The gates of hell are not going to prevail. And that's right. That right. is the reason to, to be, be optimistic encouraged. and not worry. Yeah. Ron, thank you. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for that, Ron. Amen. You're, you're very welcome. Thank okay. you, Scott. God bless you. God bless you. What are you optimistic about? You know, it can be anything at all, but what do you look at? And you go, you know, what, I'm optimistic about this. I think that we need to hear from each other on this. When you prepare for a show like this, you go through all these different things and you go, you know, the news, you know, I know that if it bleeds, it leads, right? If it's uh, something that's going to be in the news, it's probably negative. That's why it's the news. But. You and you got to deal with those things, but it's also good that we take some time to be optimistic because I think otherwise we just want to uh, shut it off and we get quiet and uh, we don't do the, the positive things that we need to do. We don't. We forget that the gates of hell will not prevail. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What are you optimistic about? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Jackie and Compton, welcome to the Pastor oh, Scott Show. Hi, Jackie.
5: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um when you brought this up, the first thing that really put a smile on my face, because I'm optimistic that all the prayers and all the talking that I do with my grandbabies is putting a seed in them. And I'll tell you why yesterday um, their mom and dad do not have them pray. Mm-hmm. And, and I always like, you know, when they eat I'm like, Hey, let's say our prayers and, And I have a little, I have lots of grandkids, seven, from the ages from 11 all the way to two. Well, my little two-year-old, his name is Austin, I call him Rocky, um, he was already eating. And he looked at me, and he folded his little hands. And I asked him, do you want to pray? And he goes, yeah, Hmm. yeah. And that is what I'm optimistic about. I'm optimistic that God is, is... putting a seed in them that that that's what they need in this world so yes when you said that's the first thing that came to my mind and i thank the lord because sometimes i think wow you know it's not getting through their little heads it's it's not working but i can see it i can see it and i wanted to share this today because now i mean everything that's going on it's we need this so thank you so much for bringing this up today i love your show I love the name of your show, and thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Jackie. Thank you for sharing that. I, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. What are you optimistic about? It is, it's an attitude right that has to affect uh, every part of your life, and it's hard to hold on to. It, it really is one of those things that is hard to hold on to. But the Scriptures are very, very clear that our faith is an optimistic faith. And as we've already heard from callers, you know, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. You know, optimism, if you define it, all right, it's a disposition or a tendency to look on the more favorable side of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome. Do you feel like we have gotten away from that? I feel like in so many ways we have. And I try to do that on the show often is to take things that, you know, are kind of terrible, but look for the most positive outcome or just have a you know, a hope that, you know, whatever is the good in something is going to break through. And you know what it often does? And sometimes it's the the reason it does is because some optimistic person who's involved helps direct decisions in the optimistic manner. Pessimism, on the other hand, is a tendency to see the worst aspect of things or believe the worst will happen. And that's a struggle for a lot of people. In the scriptures you have the book of Proverbs actually deals with optimism a lot. Proverbs 1722. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. You know, when you have a cheerful heart, it doesn't mean that everything in your life is going great, but when you have an optimistic attitude, this cheerful heart, um, it makes you feel better. It really does. And if you've got a crushed spirit, that's what pessimism does, it will continuously crush your spirit. And some of us get there, okay? I've had pessimistic times, right? There's, I've told the story before about, you know, at one point I just wanted to uh, put on these green, ugly green workout shorts that my wife hated. And I don't know why that was the thing. I wanted to put those on and this old uh, torn-up tank top and go out to the beach and uh, have a cigar and just sit there. And that's how I felt about everything. <laughs> and you know what? I wasn't feeling too good. Uh, I didn't do that, by the way, but it crossed my mind as something that seemed appropriate for what was going on in my heart. Um, but when I have a cheerful heart, it's good medicine. I feel better. I sleep better. I handle the hard stuff much better. And it's also noticeable. It's part of our testimony to other people. See, Christianity is expressed in optimism, and there's good reasons to be optimistic. Why are you optimistic? What makes you optimistic about the world today? Anything at all? Share some optimism on our program today, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The, uh, you know, the politics of the world, it can make us pretty pessimistic, right, on, on both sides in a lot of ways because it's so negative. I understand that, that negativity sells, right, that there's always candidates who come out and they say things like, we're going to run a positive campaign. And they do until they're losing and then it gets really negative and you know why it gets negative because it works uh, that's why politicians get negative but you know i think something that our country needs is our leaders to be more optimistic and not just to say it you know, they're always saying it you know president biden for sure he says you know i've never thought the world is better than it is now or something like that or the hope of america is always better but most of uh What's happening is pretty negative, right? We've got so much being said about opponents, about other people. Uh, You know, the political process, and I said this last hour, but the political process, while it's necessary, absolutely necessary for us to engage with it, we have to keep this in mind. The political process, now hear me with this. Don't don't mishear me. I want you to hear me. The political process its necessary. You should be involved. I think Christians should vote. Churches should vote. We should have our voice heard on lots of there's issues today that I don't think are left and right. I think that are just uh, good and evil that I think most people on the left and right actually agree with. I think we need to be involved, especially in areas where we're talking about kids and some things. But hear that the political process, while it's necessary, it has little to do with how God is saving the world right whoever wins the election coming up it's not the gates of hell are not going to prevail as was said you know the fate of the kingdom of god it does not depend on who wins this election so i'm not saying it doesn't matter not saying don't get involved not saying don't do the things but don't let it overtake your hope because politics is just nasty and it's negative and whoever you think the good people are they might lose but maybe part of what we need to be doing is also injecting some optimism in the conversation, that we can actually express things in a way that isn't just expression, an expression of fear. The world is going to end if the other side wins. Both sides say that. You know, this will be the end of the United States. For my entire life, it has been the most important election in the history of our country. I suppose that's always true, but it gets kind of old. When you're old enough and you've heard a lot of presidential elections, You know, it's always if we vote for the other side, that's the end. You know, God has a plan for the world and for the return of Christ, and that's the plan. And however our elections pan out, it all fits into God's plan. And so don't worry so much about it. That's not about not getting involved. But at the end of the day, we want to save souls. We want to make disciples. That's what we're called to do. Incidentally, a side product of that is probably a better country. A side product of that, a byproduct of making disciples, true disciples, not just church members and not just people who show up and do religious things, but people who actually want to follow Jesus and care for one another. Uh, the, the byproduct of that is a better community, a better neighborhood, a better family, a better city, a better state, a better country, better world. It just is. History has shown that to be true. And since the gates of hell will not overcome the church, then we have something to be optimistic about. We really do. 888-528-2557 is the number. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Kenzie in Palos Verdes, welcome to Southern, or uh, Pastor Scott Show. Oh, I said it again. You're going to have to put me in jail every time I say Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Kenzie.
6: Um, I feel very optimistic when I think about how the Bible promises that we will be wiser than our enemies. And we know that enemy activity is going to be kicked up because the Bible says so. That's right. It says, joy's heaven, because Satan's left there. But woe to the earth and the sea, because Satan is coming down with great wrath, knowing that his time is short. And when I think about that, it's scary. But then when I think about how we are going to be wiser than the enemy, that God will enable us to outsmart him or outthink him, or God gives us wisdom when we need it then I feel like, you know, when God is for us, who can be against us? And so there's a a balance, you know, that we know it's coming. It's not all roses. But we also know that, like you said, the kingdom, the church, is not going to be defeated by the enemy.
1: That's right. And, you know, when you point out the fact that the Bible tells us that in the the last days that that people's love will grow cold and basically describes the culture we live in now, Um, and it describes cultures that we have seen throughout history. Like, it's not, you know, a lot of things are not really new. We've seen the world go through this. That isn't pessimism. It's just the reality of the situation. The optimism is exactly what you say. The evil is not going to win. That's right. You know, and that we... Yeah, go ahead. Well,
6: even when God gives us warnings that love will grow cold, that's to benefit us. That's for our good. That's so that we know what to expect, so that when hard times come, we're not just totally surprised and taken off guard.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, His
6: warnings are His kindness because he doesn't want us to fall into those traps. Even warnings about his wrath or his kindness so that we will um, change our ways or just change our thinking into more optimistic thinking that we have favor from God. We're his children.
1: I think that is a great point. And, you know, if you trust the Lord, if you have the faith to trust the Lord, you're going to be optimistic because the hope can never be taken away from you. Uh, whatever happens. Kenzie, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show and sharing those thoughts about optimism. What are you optimistic about? 888-528-2557. What gives you reason to be optimistic? 888-528-2557. Maybe another way to put it is, you know, what do you do to keep yourself optimistic when there's so much bad stuff going on? I was thinking about the politics, because we're not really quite at a presidential election, but, uh, you know, we have... You know, Donald Trump has announced and who else has announced even? Uh, there's a few people who have announced. The president hasn't announced. That's because he's not running. But uh, we're going to have these, these people up. And I think in the summer, maybe some of the debates are going to start. They started pretty early last time around. And it gets pretty nasty. Somebody uh, announced today, uh, Senator Tim Scott. And uh, let me share part of what his announcement looked like.
3: On this day, April 12th, 1861, in this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all? America's soul was put to the test, and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, Our divisions run deep, and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility, and they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power. When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies.
1: That was Senator Tim Scott. Now, he's obviously a politician, and he's going to make a differentiation between himself and other people. But as you watch this campaign, his his campaign, I think, is one to look at just from the standpoint of he's a very optimistic guy. And he's that way in real life. His book is called America, a Redemption Story. Everybody who runs for office, they tend to write a book. And last summer he wrote a book, America, a Redemption Story. It's called Choosing Hope, Creating Unity. And that's what he's going to run on. I hope he sticks with it. However it turns out, I hope he sticks with it because we need that message. And Tim Scott loves Jesus. He's got a Christian testimony and he shares it across the aisle. He started a Bible study in the Senate. And he invited Democrats and Republicans alike to go to that Bible study. He and uh, Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey, were part of this Bible study together, and they don't agree on very much at all as far as legislation goes. But when you hear about that, um, however far apart they might be, there's some optimism. You know, I get optimistic about even the future of our country that it's possible that as divided as we are, we can get to a point where we we'll have leaders who can bring us together. And it matters, I think. It matters for, I think, uh, you know, unless this is really the last days and Jesus is coming back and there's not a thing you can do about it, that's, uh, that's the way it is. But maybe Jesus isn't coming back for a long time, in which case, you know, the church is going to rise up and do something amazing then, I think. I think there will be revival. There will be leaders, political leaders, but also lay leaders and people who are optimistic who have a great story of of faith. What are you optimistic about? What keeps you optimistic? 888-528-2557. Uh, Merdessa in Beverly Hills, is that right? Is it Merdessa? Yes. Hi,
7: Pastor Scott. Hi. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you? What keeps you optimistic?
7: I am just optimistic uh, with would even with the dark horizon around us, with all this news and everything, I hold on to the promise of God um, uh, in um, Romans eight thirty eight and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. No matter what, I hold on to this, no matter how dark the future is. I just hold on to this, to this Bible verses. Amen. And it it is really very it is it is keeping me, you know, you know, um, encouraged to just go on, just go ahead, and just serve the Lord. That's, Thank you, Pastor Scott.
1: That's great. Thank you, Mordessa, for calling us uh, with that. You know, if. Uh, Romans will also say, you know, what what shall we say in response to these things if God is for us then who can be against us? There are so there are so many reasons for us to be optimistic and it's important in every aspect of our life really to be optimistic. I got to take a break. We'll take your calls. I'm asking what keeps you optimistic 888-528-2557. What makes you optimistic? What are some things that you are optimistic about? What are your thoughts on this? 888-528-2557. When we come back, I'll clarify a little bit about Christian optimism, why it's important, and you know why it's not just pie-in-the-sky stuff, how it is rooted in the reality of the world as it is. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned.
3: See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver. But we had faith. We put in the work, and we had an unwavering belief that we, too, could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals attacking every rung of the ladder. That helped me climb. If the radical left gets their way, millions more families will be trapped in failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and crushing inflation. Not on my watch. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. Faith could live, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals listening to the Pastor
2: Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
3: See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver, but we had faith. We put in the work and we had an unwavering belief that we too could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because i 've
1: lived it That was Senator Tim Scott announcing uh, his exploratory committee for a presidential run today, and i 'm playing that because we're talking about optimism and honestly, if you follow his career and 'm not telling you who to vote for or whatever, but I would say read his book. It is so positive and so optimistic, and he loves Jesus, his testimonies in there it 's really good. That book, it's called America, a Redemption Story, Choosing Hope and Creating Unity. It is all about choosing a different path in America and choosing one of optimism, choosing one of hope. And, you know, his story is amazing. Whether you're going to vote for him or not, his story is what our story should be here in this country. And he did. He grew up very, very poor. The best part of this book, the book is really good, but I... And when I say I read it, I got the audio version, right? So I listen to books a lot in the car on the way in and out. And his mom wrote the foreword in this book. And his mom reads it in the audio version. And she is so proud of him. It's maybe the best part of the book because you hear it in her voice. She is so proud of her son and so excited to see this and uh, the different things that he's doing. I thought the book was one of the most inspiring political books I've ever read actually. I don't know if that'll translate into uh, his campaign. I guess we'll wait and see. But I hope that it's contagious uh, for all the other candidates because there's so much negativity. And he gets into the hard issues and he makes some hard statements and he says, this is where I come down and this is what I do. You have to be able to do that. But I don't think you always have to be nasty. I think you can do it in a way that is direct, that is optimistic, and that guides people further than just my opponent is bad. That instead it's a vision And, you know, you're probably not running for president, most of you, but um, or maybe you are. It might be one of those years where everyone's running. But uh, whatever it is you're doing, there is scriptural reason why we want to be optimistic. And as Christians, what we've been sharing on our show today is reasons to be optimistic. Why are you optimistic? Uh, Christianity is expressed in optimism. We can be optimistic because whatever happens in the world today, our faith is going to prevail. Jesus Christ will prevail a church, not your address church, you know, churches come and go as far as congregations go, but your the church, Jesus' church, the body of Christ, it's going to prevail. Uh, and throughout the Bible, you have so much written about optimism. What makes you optimistic? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Irving and Hawthorne, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
8: Hi, this is Pastor Scott.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Irving.
8: Hey, Pastor Scott. Beautiful day here in Hotham, California, sir.
1: It is indeed.
8: Uh, so, you the question of what makes these, what, why I'm so optimistic, right? Yeah. All right, so, uh, so I went on a missions trip, right? I uh, actually came back to my, I've been a Christian since I was three, but I would say I took, I got saved twice. What I mean by that is, I got saved when I was like 15, and sadly, I didn't really believe Jesus died and rose again on the cross. I got re-saved, you know, rededicated my life. But right. so my walk has—I wouldn't say my walk has been amazing. My walk has, has been ups and downs. But I went to on a mission trip to uh, Tecate, Mexico, which is like right next to Tijuana. Yeah, and you know, it's a church in Costa Mesa, and I didn't really—I don't know anybody from this church, right? I just know through a friend. And I said, you know what, God, like, I don't know what you're going to do in my life. Let me just be open. Let me be attentive. And when I say, Pastor Scott, we have it easy out here. We have it easy, man. Mm. Literally, we have it made out here, man. Yeah. Like, compared to what they live by, the family who we built the house, they have a son. They live off of $800 a month.
1: Yeah. And that's a a lot for down there, kind of actually yeah
8: and i thought yeah and i thought to myself like i've seen dogs who are dirt poor maybe in mud just running happier and i'm like man and i'm complaining about my job Mm. i complain about my life these dogs have nothing they're as probably as skinny as a skeleton and they're happy and i really thought to myself man like we really complain so much in life when we really don't have it extremely that hard so one thing that I'm optimistic is life isn't as bad as you think it is. Life is hard, but as long as you have Jesus on your side and you commit and you plug yourself in a church and you surrender and you know for yourself that, hey, look, I got things I got to work on, but God help me through this. You know, he says he'll never leave him forsake us, that once we, he, you know, we're his children, that he wouldn't. He's not going to leave us behind. That's so right. my optimistic is that even to this road is that when you really think you have it that hard, do you really, do you really, really think you have it that hard? Unless you live in a, unless you're making me, I don't know, dirt poor like, you know, you don't have a place. I understand that, but we need to, as a, as a, as a, as a society, we need to be thankful that we have a bed, I have a car, I'm driving my fence out, I'm roofing my head. I have food on the table. I have a promise that because I dedicated, because I, I'm saved, God is never going to leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to heaven, man. That's right. So, and another thing, I'm still optimistic. I'm optimistic, is that I actually know now, walking with God and rededicating my life, is that for the first time, like in a long time, I will say this though. Is that I have a piece, right? I might not make, I work at Chipotle a Restaurant, I don't make a lot of money, but I'll tell you this much, man, is that out of all my coworkers, I know a lot of them are going to hell. Four or five are going to hell because I don't know Jesus and you never get in your life. But I'm optimistic that with my ass now, if they ask me, you're absolutely so different, you know? Hmm. I'm different because. you know, God is living in me, Pastor Scott.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Irving, is that your optimism about these things, what you learned on your Mexico trip, you know, if you're optimistic even at work when you're at uh, Chipotle, uh, that's going to—your coworkers are going to see that. Yeah. Right? It's another reason why, you know, optimism is how Christianity is expressed, because we can get real negative real quick about whatever conditions we've got. Um, yeah. And we're number one. We're wrong about it, as you experience with going to Mexico. Um, but number two, it's just what's the point of that? And as Christians, we've got everything worked out. Irving, I'm really grateful that you are walking with the Lord today. And uh, I'm
6: trying to, man, I'm
8: trying to. It's not easy, but I'm plugged in, Pastor Scott, and I'm in a small group. And man, I literally, when I got to uh, Mexico. I started crying because I meant I don't know these people. I started, you know, on trips. I'm sure you've been on missions trips. Yeah. Or you have a family. You know, you get overwhelmed. Yeah. And I said, God, why do I feel so lonely? God said, it's not about you, Irving. It is not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. And it's not about you. And I said, what do I do, Lord? He said, you get up, you be a man, and you listen, and you just be a friend, and that's it. it your feelings are not here. Your feelings are for the people of Mexico, because you have a house and they don't, so stop complaining. And yeah, he slapped me in my face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that slap before uh, when I've been on mission trips. Uh, carpet did it, it did me, and I couldn't get over the fact that I have carpet. Uh, and, yeah. you know, simple thing like that. Hey, Irving, can I just pray for you real quick before you go? Uh, yeah God, I thank you for Irving. I thank you for what you're doing in his life. I pray that you strengthen his faith, and I pray that you give him this tremendous optimism that will be a blessing to his heart, that you give him a cheerful heart, and I pray that it would be contagious to his coworkers at Chipotle or wherever you send them. I pray that you give him uh, some great men and some great people to walk alongside him through all of the struggles that we have in this life. I pray that you give him um a cheerful heart in every way that everybody sees in jesus name amen irving thanks for calling our pastor scott show today all right thank you Pastor Scott. Yeah. You, have a good one, you too man he's right about that if you've never taken the time to go on a mission trip your church or a church nearby will let you go with them if they're doing it you go down to mexico even build a house just do it for a saturday it can change your life it, it can change your entire disposition right? And that's what optimism is. It's a disposition to look on the more favorable side of events or conditions. I always find that it's amazing when you go on a mission trip and you meet people who are faithful in spite of the fact of having nothing, and they're faithful to the Lord and, and happy in the case of their circumstances. Uh, Proverbs fifteen fifteen: all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Proverbs fifteen thirty: a cheerful look brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Proverbs twelve twenty five. an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. So let me ask you something. What disposition do you think a Christian should have? Should they be optimistic or pessimistic? If we're going to be effective in making disciples and effective in growing in our own faith, you know, what disposition should we have? Should we be optimistic or pessimistic? You know, optimism, it's not having, you know, cheerful thoughts without reason, Okay, we're saved by faith, not good feelings, and our hope is in Christ, you know, not even ministry success or other, you know, worldly success. But if you believe in Christ, if you believe that you're saved in Christ, that your hope is in Christ, that, you know, you can trust Christ, then you have everything to be optimistic about, whatever your experience might be right now in the world. See, optimism, it's not opposed to realistic expectations, all right? It's not pie-in-the-sky notions. One person I know who's definitely a pessimist, right? I try to help him out. And he likes to always say, I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. He's he's Eeyore is what he is. I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. You know, and the thing is, is I told him one time, he says, no, you're negative. That's what that means. You're just, you know, you're Eeyore. I called him Eeyore. Um, And it resonated with him. You know, he's the kind of guy, you know, uh, hey, you want to go on a mission trip? Well, there'll probably be a shooting. Oh, come on. Just go help people. Uh, See, the optimist believes that uh, hard work has to get done and that there are challenges and there is the possibility to not have a successful outcome to something you might endeavor in. But the optimist believes that successful outcome is always possible. And not only is it possible, but it's probable, right? The pessimist believes that no one will do the work or it'll fail or things will always be bad. The pessimist is never really for progress or change, just fear, and holding on to things that don't work, which is a huge problem in our country. You know, why do we have so many homeless people? You know why? Because we're holding on to policies that don't work. But it's pessimism that drives that. And, you know, Jesus was an optimist and a realist. He had no problem letting his followers know that persecution would be coming, but he also had no problem letting them know that the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you believe that? If you do, you can be an optimist. What makes you optimistic? Give me a call. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call now. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at at com, or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m.
1: Now back to the show. Good to be back with you, everybody. That email address, you can also email me at pastorscott at kkla.com. And uh, Beth emailed me a little bit earlier in the last hour. We were talking about um, you know tips for success, and it kind of fits in. Right now we're talking about optimism, and what are you optimistic about? So give me a call, 888-528-2557, or you can email me, pastorscott at kkla.com. Uh, Beth wrote this, the best tip for success I received was from her boss. She said she read a draft of an email that she was going to send, and the boss's advice was invaluable. Uh, She told her to rewrite the email, stick to the facts, and take the emotions out of it. So simple but effective. You know, one of the things that I think is good about being, and thanks for your email, Beth, about being optimistic is, you know, or that helps me be optimistic, is it is good to have other people Speak into your life and be encouraging, even if they're telling you uh, to change something that you did because Beth, I had the same experience one time i've had uh, several years ago uh and i'm I was the boss right, and there's somebody who I probably should have just fired, but uh, uh, I ended up writing this email uh, you know correction email, and I was pretty emotional I was pretty mad and i luckily, I have a couple of good friends who I send stuff to. And I sent him this email, I said, I'm about to send this, and it's going to start a disciplinary procedure. Um, And the funny thing is, he wrote me back, and he goes, this is an excellent email. It's really great. And the best part about it is that you didn't send it. (laughs) Then he said, you got to take all this stuff out of it. You can share that maybe in a conversation, but you can't put it in a memo. Saved me a lot of trouble, probably, um, because all of that went better. Um, And you know what? Optimism, in a way, when you realize it, particularly as Christians, it helps you because you're not alone. Part of keeping an optimistic outlook is the necessity of being a part of a church and being a part of something that really um, should encourage you and to know that you have a friendship. You've got a friendship with Jesus. The Bible tells you that. If you're lonely today, you know, focus on your friendship with Jesus and then the best you can, get involved in a church somewhere where you've got friends, where you've got community. And if you're going, well, I'm in a small group and uh, you know, nobody likes me very much, or I don't really like them very much, well, get in another small group then. You can do that. Get that community. Get people who can speak into your, your life. And, you know, that helps you become more and more optimistic. You know, as we as we talk about it, And if you're just joining us, we're talking about optimistic. What makes you optimistic? You can give me a call, 888-528-2557. Optimism does a lot for us, and throughout the scriptures, we are told to be optimistic, essentially, that Christianity is expressed in optimism, that that's the disposition that we should have, because we're saved by faith, not by good works or good feelings. We're saved by Christ. The work is done. It is finished. And we put our trust in him, and we get everlasting life. Optimism is not being, you know, unrealistic. Jesus was plenty realistic, but it's also knowing that the hope that we have in Christ, the gates of hell will not prevail. Uh, Optimism is not being arrogant either. I think some people think, well, I want to be optimistic, but I don't want to be arrogant. You're not, you're not arrogant. You know, you can, you know, there's, you can be kind of arrogant and optimistic, right? You know, my favorite Olympian ever, maybe, just maybe not ever, but close is Usain Bolt. You know who this guy is? He's uh, he's won multiple, eight gold medals in the last three Olympics, 100 meters, 200 meters, four by 11, uh, four by 100 meters, four times he won the 100 meters. I think is what I wrote down here. Sometimes I'm not optimistic about what I wrote down, but what I wrote down uh, says this about him. The first one he won, the first gold medal he ever won, he said, about himself? He said, this is why I have come, to cement my legendary status. Now, That's one of the reasons I liked him, because he actually said that. This is why I have come to these Olympics, to cement my legendary status. Just the fact that he said it, I kind of liked this guy. But that's not the optimism I'm talking about. By the way, Usain Bolt, it means beautiful lightning, and he's the fastest runner on Earth. That's amazing that that's his name. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about with optimism. I'm talking about something that you feel in your heart. It has something to do with what your inner life is like, not the things that you say out loud necessarily. It, it will come out of you out loud, but the stuff that you really feel inside, this complex area of your life, the voice you know that you hear. See, optimism is something that sustains your inner life. All right, Proverbs 18, 14, a man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. See, that's the stuff inside you, right? And being optimistic, trusting in Jesus for your future. Trusting that Jesus's words are true, that if you accept him as your savior, that you truly are saved, that you really are, that the, the church with all of its problems is still going to prevail, that the rightness of the gospel will prevail, that in your life, Jesus is with you, that when Jesus says, and I'm with you to the end of the age, he means that. When he promises the Holy Spirit, he means that sometimes do you ever pray this do you ever pray you know god make you know god uh, be with us today well it's you know it's all right but it's not really right the better prayer is god make me aware of your presence because he is with you so it's not like he's outside and you gotta invite him no he's with you it's just that we get unaware of his presence and when we are unaware of him that's where our mind starts to go down the pessimism path you know when we're aware of his presence yeah, it changes us. It really does. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels. Welcome to the it's Pastor good. Scott Show.
4: How are you, Scott?
1: I'm good, Ted. Uh,
4: just I, you know, I, you know, this testament I had to touch on it. You know, I had a coach in high school, and uh, he said it, this was his pep talk. Well, they're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. And they're faster than us. And I thought, boy, if this is a pep talk, this all just go home. And, you know, if you'd have said that to David and Goliath story, you know, he would have just went home. And so, there, I mean, it, it's just, you know, we just say, uh, you know, in sports, you know, you got to want it. And, uh, and you always wanted a player that had a lot of heart. And you would see guys that had a horrible 40-yard dash. They didn't bench press a lot of weight. They never squatted in their life. And they were called gamers, and they would destroy these guys that had all the athletic talent on the field. And then they had breakaway speed, guys that went all the way to the pros mm-hmm. and got got cut uh, mainly because of uh, politics. And they could had a fifty-four.
1: 54- they could do job. well because of their optimism for the team, right? Their attitude.
4: Well, I mean, it's just you know, are you are are you there to be a warrior for Christ? Or, or are we going to just cower down to people because uh, he said we'd have problems? And uh, I'll, I'll never forget Rocky Carter from Crunshaw broke his ankle. He was 265, and that was my first year at Santa Monica College, and I replaced him at 215 pounds and still had six sacks yeah. that season.
1: I'm so running, out of, running out of time, Ted, but I think that okay. you know, a sports analogy works pretty well with us, right? Because optimistic teams and optimistic athletes do better. Uh, it affects things quite a bit. Thank you. Uh, thanks for calling Ted. You know, if the Lakers are optimistic, even though they barely made the playoffs, they got a chance. They really do. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. Let me, let me share this with you. And, uh, We'll we'll close with this, but this is important about optimism and how much it's about your inner self. What's interesting about Paul's letters in the New Testament, when he's writing churches and they're having great difficulties in so many ways, and they're being persecuted and families are being torn apart and people are going to jail for their faith or worse. You know, what's interesting is that he never prays for their protection against their evil circumstances, which tends to be what we pray for a lot, right? And he never like prays against the government, you know, and the Roman government was terrible. Far worse than ours, whatever you think of ours. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, I pray that out of the, his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. He's talking about that voice in your head, okay? That's your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. See, if your life is broken, but your spirit is strong in Christ, you move out into the world with great strength and optimism and hope. And that's what Paul is praying for for you. That's what my prayer is for you in all this, that his glorious riches strengthen you and the power of his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. If you've got that, you're going to be optimistic through even the toughest times you'll grow in your faith, and God will use you in tremendous ways. He really will. That was Ephesians 3, 16, if you want to check it out. Hey, uh, right before I go, you know, sometimes pastors and church staff, they can get pessimistic and kind of down. KKLA has its annual pastor's breakfast It's coming up on May 10th. I want to encourage you to uh, invite your, your pastor. If you're a pastor, go to that it's a great time. We have Dr. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer is going to be there as a speaker. I'll be there. It's May 10th, Shepherd Church. Go to kkla.com. Click on the link for that. You can find it on my social media, Scott Furrow, if you just want to forward a link on to your pastors and church staff. Do that. It's encouraging. It will help them with their optimism, and uh, which means it's going to help your church. And uh, it's a great way to say thank you. All right, we're done for today, Pastor Scott's show. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless